Live from the downtown studio, the Flames Talk postgame show starts now. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Let's get our Flames Talk postgame show underway right now. It was a fun one in Toronto. The Hall of Fame game where Mike Vernon was amongst the class of 2023 pregame being honored on the ice. And we had a fun one on the ice as well. Uh, three periods plus overtime, then five rounds of a shootout. The Flames erased a 4-1 second period lead to force overtime in a shootout. In the end, the Maple Leafs win 5-4 in a five-round shootout, however. And uh, that's how this one ends. My name is Pat Steinberg, and let's uh, head immediately back to Scotiabank Arena in Toronto and get some post-game reaction as we say hello to Flames forward Martin Pospisil who tied the game in the third period with his second goal of the season. Uh, Martin, that was a, a back-and-forth game. How did you see this one tonight? Yeah, I mean, uh, it was a great game. It was, you know, it was, it was pretty tight and, uh, yeah, it was kind of tough loss, but, you know, Tomorrow is a new day, and uh, we'll prepare for uh, for tomorrow. But yeah, it was it was great, great night. But uh, well, no, we'll be even better if it's if we won in in the shootout. So it's you know it's always like fifty fifty. How how did you like the way your team bounced back? How did you like the way your team was able to come back in this game, Martin? Yeah, it was a great effort, you know. Uh, they have a, they have a, a really good team, and it wasn't easy to come back, but uh, we did it. And uh, uh, yeah, we 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 were not uh, lucky enough to to win the game. You know, it was tough tough losing in the shootouts, but uh, yeah, it was a great bounce back, and uh, it was I think it was a great team effort. Martin, walk us through your goal to tie it in the third period. What did you see on your game tying goal? Yeah, uh, I mean, it was, it was pretty good for check and uh, I think I won the battle uh, as a as a F1, uh, on the four check, and then all of a sudden, uh, I think the the D got the puck and uh, on the blue line, and he just passed it on the side to to uh, Blake, and Blake just shot it uh, at the net, and I was in front of the net, and I just just uh, uh, put it in and a last question for you, Martin. You score uh, again in this game. You uh, are able to get your second goal in three games. Just how are you? you? You told me prior to your first NHL game, you said you feel 100% ready to play in the NHL. Now that you have three NHL games under your belt, how do you feel? Yeah, it feels, it feels great. But, uh, you know, uh, we'll be, feel even uh, better if we, if we win tonight. But, uh, yeah, like I said, uh, I want to I wanna help. Uh, this team to bring some energy skills and uh, that's that's what I uh, want to keep doing so I just want to help the team to win. Martin thanks so much for doing this congratulations on the goal and good luck tomorrow in Ottawa thank you so much thank you bye that is Martin Pospisil post-game in Toronto following a 5-4 shootout loss to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Our Flames Talk post-game show is underway. We're available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcast. Pat Steinberg with Megan Mickelson and Derek Wills. And uh, Mick, that was that was a fun one. It wasn't always uh, wasn't always picture perfect in terms of how you'd want to defend and, and some of the rush chances on both sides. I'm sure both coaches will be uh, drawing up some video for tomorrow. But you know, from our vantage point, a fun game. Flames erase a 4-1 deficit. They battle back. And, and you kind of feel 
and, and I know Derek made point made, made this point throughout the game. You kind of come away from this game, even though they lose in a five-round shootout. You know, a lot of times when you're the team that gives up the lead and gets just the single point, you feel like you lost a point. I don't know. I think you can make a pretty good argument that tonight the Flames came back, only got the one point, but didn't lose a point. They, it felt like they gained a point in this game tonight. Yeah, I think so. Considering that they were down 4-1, I absolutely agree with that but if you look at the game as a whole I think it was if you had to pinpoint something that you know they really needed to do differently or clean up and it was their first two goals against and if those don't happen and if those mistakes don't happen then it's you know it's a completely different hockey game obviously but you know, looking at it from, you know, in listening to Martin Pospisil and from the player's standpoint, it now seems like the expectation after winning the last two games and having seen the way that this team can play that, you know, one point to them, you know, it's not enough. And they're still, he still sounded disappointed with the fact that they didn't win in the shootout. So, you know, it'd be interesting uh, to get a little bit more reaction from the room in terms of, yes, you're happy with the one point, but they're still disappointed that they didn't come away with two because they know that they could have won that hockey game, that they could have put it away in overtime. They had a chance to do it in the shootout. So I think, you know, you look at those first two goals, erase those, and you win the hockey game. Well, obviously, you would rather win than lose. But I think that was the best possible way to lose for the yes, Flames. Yes, that's fair, yeah. Because they fall behind 4-1. They battle back to tie it. They probably should have won it in overtime yeah. and didn't. They had a one nothing lead in the shootout. And if not for Mitch Marner being able to corral the puck that he lost... He finds it and then makes a great move and buries it to tie the shootout and keep the game going. They could have won the game in the shootout as well. And, you know, just listening to Martin, he said two or three times it was a great game. Mm -hmm. And I can't hear what they're saying, but I've seen Nazem Kadri and Mackenzie Wieger on the monitor over here on our right. And I could tell by their body language that there were way more positives than negatives to take out of this game for the Flames. I could just tell by the look on their face and, and just their body language, that they were pretty happy to battle back and find a way to get a good point on the road against a good Maple Leafs team in a game they trailed by three. So, yeah, they'd much rather have two to your point, Megan, but I think it's a game that they can continue to build on. For a team that struggled to score during their six-game losing streak, they get four more tonight. Guys are feeling better about themselves offensively, but uh, you, you also made a great point saying – there's still some things to clean up defensively. We'll see if they can do that against yeah. the Senators tomorrow. Well, and I think it's just that, right? It's that they now know that they need to be building. Yeah. And it's the next step would have been winning the hockey game. So I think that, you know, they, they just want to, they want to keep getting better and make sure that they keep building and, um, you know, battling back from a game like this. And if they came out with a win, like, imagine how you feel then, Oh, yeah, right? sky yeah. high. Yeah. Yeah. And and I mean, you know, third period, they probably were on their heels a little bit too much. But I'll say this much. uh, Our marquee matchup uh, brought to you by Country Hills Toyota was was looking at the goaltending and and Mick, the way that Dan Vladar started this game. You're like, oh, this might be a rough night for number 80. But he really dialed it in. And 
they might not have an opportunity to get the single point if Ladar doesn't really play well in that final 15 minutes of the third period. He he needed to play his best when it mattered the most in a 4-4 game. Oh, yeah. He was absolutely lights out at the end of the game there. And But again, it's... You know, this is a team that wants to get better, and the expectation is that they're going to continue to build. So he needs to be better off the start um, and needs to, you know, make those saves off the start of the game. And I know it sounds cliche, but it goes back to playing a, a full 60 minutes. So I do, I absolutely, I give Dan Vladar props for, you know, didn't start off the way that he wanted and he came back and, uh, he was stellar at you know towards the end of the game. Give the team so much credit for coming back in the way that they did and the resiliency that they showed in coming back. Uh, but again, so it's just it's all about looking forward. And yes, those are the positives to take away. But, mm-hmm. but how can we how can you clean that up? Yeah, I didn't like the start for Dan Vladar. Mm-hmm. I thought two of the four goals were ones that he should have had. But I do give him credit. That could have got him down, and it didn't. Uh, He played his best hockey in the back half of the game, gave the Flames a chance to battle back and pick up an important point. But I said prior to puck drop tonight that after three not-so-great starts prior to tonight, Dan Vladar was going to have to play his best game of the season. I don't think that he did. The bar wasn't that high either. Um, he, He is one of the reasons why the Flames didn't get two points, but also... One of the reasons why they got one, if that makes yes. any sense. Absolutely. Totally. <laughs> makes total sense. Um, let's select tonight's hardest-working Flame following a 5-4 shootout loss for the Flames in Toronto. The loss, the bad news, 2-0-1 in their last three. The good news, however, hardest-working Flame brought to you by Canyon Plumbing and Heating. Are you the hardest-working plumber or HVAC tech? Canyon's hiring. Send resumes to jobs at canyonplumbing.com. Okay, Mick, who do you got for the hardest-working Flame tonight? Nikita Zadorov. Uh, he scored a massive goal. He also had five shot attempts, so looking to shoot the puck more. And he had a massive hit as well that, you know, I think that you look at his ice time and he only played 15 minutes and 33 seconds. So, you know, in terms of you look at that in comparison to a guy like Rasmus Anderson who plays 28 minutes and 24 seconds, so almost double Whoa. what Zadorov played. Yeah. But how impactful Nikita Zadorov is when he is on the ice. And he made some great defensive plays as well that don't show up on the stat sheet. So I just think that he continues to be just a, uh, an incredibly impactful and important piece of this team. It is Nikita Zadorov as your hardest working flame tonight. He scored the goal that really started to turn things. It was 48 seconds after John Tavares made it 4-1 and it looked like the Leafs were going to run away and hide in this game. Then Zadorov scores with a rocket on his second attempt. Nikita Zadorov, your hardest working flame. Brought to you by Canyon Plumbing and Heating. Want to get recognized and rewarded for your achievements? Learn from the best. Send your resume to jobs at canyonplumbing.com. Let's head back to Scotiabank Arena one more time 5-4 in a shootout the Flames lose to the Toronto Maple Leafs let's check in with head coach Ryan Huska who just finished up uh, his post-game thoughts following his team's loss to the Leafs game like this you look at the the half full or maybe the things that maybe need working on uh more so the things that need working on i think like when you look at it the, the first three goals were gifts that we gave them and then we took on some water for sure in the third period but um the half full part is that we battled back we were down four to one and we found a way to get a point 
and your goaltender tonight? What do you think kind of fits uh, the theme of the game, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, I thought as the night went along, he got better. Yeah. How did you how did you manage the ebbs and flows? Because obviously there was a momentum shift there down for one. Yeah. Um, early on, I, I don't necessarily think we did a great job with it. Like, uh, and that, I guess, I'm, I'm kind of talking about some of the puck play or lack thereof that allowed them to get their first three goals. But um, got a little bit better. And then, as I said, you, you, you do kind of expect in the third period on the road that the other team's going to put some pressure on. But we took on quite a bit of water in the third period. And your young guys continue to show that maybe they deserve more responsibility, more time. Is that fair? Or yeah. is it just that they're getting rewarded for certain things? Uh, no, they, they're... They've done a good job. Like they really have. All the guys that have come in and played for us over the last little while have played well. So we need that because it, it not only is something that um, our team needs to be successful, but it also is uh, a push for some other players too. So um, we're happy with the way they've they've played for sure. In a back-to-back scenario like this, uh, do you look at this as maybe some momentum? You get the single point. I know you want the two, but you can kind of roll with maybe the way things are rolling. Offense, good goal, lots to build on. Yeah, sure. But, but again, you gotta the offense side of thing. Everybody talks about right but we gave up five because we we're four if you want to put it that way so that's that's an area that we gotta um we gotta challenge each other not not to be that leaky yeah is it just about being cleaner is it well a lot of it with the puck play right and it's been kind of our achilles heel for the uh, a big portion of the year but um, you know, when you see us do it the right way, we, we do a lot of good things. Portions of the end of the first period, the second period, we had a lot of zone time and we were playing the right way. Uh, it's just a matter of sticking with it. There you go. Head coach Ryan Huska post-game following his team's 5-4 shootout loss. Fifth round of the shootout this one goes to in Toronto this evening. That's how the Flames kick off a three-game road trip that continues tomorrow Saturday night in Ottawa against the Senators. Uh, just before we get some final thoughts, just uh, just quickly, uh, at the end of the night, Jonathan Huberdeau, who was benched in Tuesday's win over Nashville, picks up an assist on the the goal that really turned the game, the Zadorov goal. So he picks up an assist. Uh, Huberto played 1907 tonight. An assist. He was minus one. Had one shot, one giveaway, one block shot uh, on the night for Jonathan Huberto. He got some overtime time, Mick, and uh, he just. There, there were a couple of times where he he looked dangerous. There were a couple of really really solid passes that really I think he's the only one who could have made those passes. Uh, what did we make of the quote unquote bounce back game for Jonathan Huberto tonight? I liked his response. I mean. You don't expect him to come and just absolutely blow things out of the water at this point, especially going into, uh, you know, playing the Toronto Maple Leafs on, you know, their ice, despite how bad their record has been at home. But um, just looking at the overall game from Jonathan Huberto, I thought he made some really good defensive plays as well. There was, you know, the one rush where uh, in overtime where Elias Lindholm was playing the two on one and, uh, Huberto, you know, back checked, came back and, you know, dove and got his stick in the way. And if it wasn't for him, then that puck probably would have been in the back of the net. So I liked his response. I thought it was, you know, for him, it's a step in the right direction in terms of elevating his game and getting where he needs to be. I think that that's the most we've seen him look like himself, uh, in a long time. Mm-hmm. It, was he completely, you know, the player that he has been in the past or used to be? No. But it is a positive step in the right direction from where he was last game for sure. So it's something that he can build on. Yeah, I, I think it is a stepping stone for him for sure. 
Ryan Huska wasn't afraid to bench him for the last part of the second period and the entire third period on Tuesday night. So the fact that he put Jonathan Huberto on the ice in a 4-4 game in the final minute of the third period yep. and then again in three-on-three overtime I think speaks volumes about how Ryan Huska felt about Jonathan Huberto's response. He had an assist, which tells me that his passing was a lot better tonight than it was on Tuesday night when he couldn't make a simple pass. He made simple passes. He made not-so-simple passes. Uh, He only had one giveaway tonight. And when you are an East-West player like Jonathan Huberto and you're trying to make low-percentage passes because you can – once in a while, you're going to give the puck away. You, you just have to limit those turnovers. He didn't do that on Tuesday. I believe that's why he got benched. He did do it tonight. I believe that's why he got rewarded with ice time in the important parts of the hockey game and had an opportunity in the shootout. So I think it was a positive step in the right direction for him, a building block for him. And he played almost 20 minutes. So yeah. considering he played under 15 on Tuesday night and uh, zero in the third period, Uh, I think uh, a good step in the right direction for Jonathan Huberto. Let's see if he can build on a pretty good performance tonight with an even better performance tomorrow night. Sorry, I have one more thing. Another interesting thing, and it hasn't been talked about, um, about him getting sat at the end of the second period and the third period. The last shift that he had in that game in the second period was a nearly three-minute shift. So you wonder, too, if he stayed out there for an entire power play and then stayed on the ice for almost another entire minute. That's a great point. I didn't realize that. Yeah. So, you know, you wonder, and you know, Huska and the coaching staff, you know, they're not going to say we benched him because he stayed out on the ice for three minutes straight. Like, there's a little bit more to that story. But I found that uh, really, really interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Uh, Yeah. So, well, uh, Huberto picks up a point in this 5-4 shootout loss to the Maple Leafs, and uh, he and the Flames are right back at it Saturday night. So not a whole lot, uh, not a whole lot of time to uh, sit and stew on a good game, but a frustrating finish. They're off to Ottawa to take on the Senators on Saturday night. Our phone lines are open at 403-240-4444. Our text line's open at 960-960. Before we get there, before we go back inside the Flames locker room, some final thoughts from broadcast team of Megan Mickelson and Derek Will starting with Mick. Yeah, I think, you know, just what I mentioned earlier, just in terms of their start and the goals that they gave up early on. I said the first two. Ryan Huska said the first three, uh, which uh, definitely I, I would agree on that as well. So I think just in terms of, you know, needing to to clean some things up, but liked their resolve, liked the way that they came back, battled back, Um but and I don't know if I'm, you know, looking at this from the mindset that I used to have as a player and just that you always want to try to play the best game that you can and a perfect game. And so when you end up losing uh, and you come up short, you always look at, OK, how can we be better? So I think, you know, it's a quick turnaround to tomorrow night. But if there's one thing, it's, you know, the 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 start has to be better in terms of their puck management and also in terms of their goaltending. Be really interesting to see if Dustin Wolf gets a look tomorrow night. And I love the fact that you can offer the perspective of someone who played the game at a high level and how you might be feeling after this type of loss, because it's something that, quite frankly, we just can't bring to the table. So uh, from my perspective, I I really think that this is a win that they can build on. Uh, They were down 
one goal twice in that game against the Kraken last Saturday, and they battled back to win it. They were down two goals in Tuesday's game against the Predators, and they battled back to win it. They were down three goals in this game against the Maple Leafs, and they battled back to pick up a point and could have easily picked up the second point in overtime or in the shootout. So uh, I think a lot of positives for the Flames and still some things to clean up. But just their body language right now and their tone when they speak, it's different than it was earlier in the season when the heaviness that we saw from them and heard from them for a good chunk of last season started to come back. Now I think it started to pass again. And that's just going to make their lives easier professionally and personally. And we'll see. We'll see if they can string together a four-game point streak against the Senators tomorrow. Back-to-backs are never easy, but I feel like coming off sort of a high following a 5-4 shootout loss tonight, uh, they might get off to a better start because quite often, uh, to use a, a, a muscle car analogy, the engines are already warmed up going into the second half of a back-to-back. So we'll see that they can take advantage of that early against the Senators tomorrow. Uh, again, congratulations to Mike Vernon. It was the Hall of Fame game at Scotiabank Arena. Hell of a hockey game. And uh, great to see the goaltender for the Flames' 1989 Stanley Cup championship team inducted, uh, along with his teammate, Lanny McDonald, who uh, was there for the ceremony tonight into the Hockey Hall of Fame. Uh, got his ring today, and uh, great to see Vernie having a good time uh, and watching a good hockey game in Toronto. So looking forward to tomorrow and maybe seeing uh, – Dustin Wolf yeah. playing his first meaningful National Hockey League game. Uh, have a good rest of your Friday. Thank you, friends. Thanks, and I Pat. Pat. That's uh, Megan Mickelson, Derek Wills, signing off our Flames Talk postgame show. A Flames 5-4 shootout loss to the Toronto Maple Leafs. So Calgary's win streak snapped to two. Their point streak goes to three. We'll see if they can uh, build on this, as Derek said, when they take on the Senators on Saturday night. That's a hockey night in Canada game. Five o'clock face-off right here on Sportsnet 960. The Fan. Uh, your phone numbers 403-240-4444 your text line 96960 to you very shortly but let's head back inside the Flames locker room and check in with Nazem Kadri, the former Leaf and uh, another point for Kadri as he helped the Flames to uh, get a single point tonight here's Nazem Kadri post game in Toronto I mean, I rewatched it, and uh, pucks loose, and obviously I was, uh, you know, kind of had, had an eye for it and just poked at it and, you know, kind of net, and I think, uh, you know, I think that's a good goal, but what do you need to do? To come back with three unanswered goals, what does it say about the culture of this group to sort of just get to work instead of feeling defeated? Just that resiliency. I mean, that's always always good to see, just character, uh, um, you know, character effort, and uh, that's always positive when, you know, especially if there's a takeaway from today's game, just being able to um, secure a point and, uh, you know, get a, get out of here with at least one or two points. Does that, does that type of momentum, does a game like that continue with your momentum that you guys have been building coming into this game? It seems as though there's enough positives, right, a comeback, yeah. a good goaltending for some offense. Does it feel as though your momentum rolls on? I think so. I mean, that's kind of just how any season really kind of goes, right? There's stretches throughout the season where, you know, things are dry, things are hot, and you got to be able to sustain those, uh, you know, peaks and, and valleys. So, uh, 
you know, that's just part of part of pro sports. But yeah, like you said, I do like our effort and our resiliency, and I think uh, you know it's certainly uh, trending in the right direction for us. Obviously, you needed to score with some goals to come back. But how important was your goaltender when it was four-one to kind of hold the fourth there and not let it get? Yep. Absolutely, Vladdy. Uh, you know, he, he played well, made some good saves, and uh, gave us gave us uh, an opportunity to get back in the game. So, um, you know, that's that's definitely good to see as well. I mean, he's a good he's a good goaltender. Uh, we have the utmost confidence in him, and uh, you know, you saw that tonight. There you go. That is Nazem Kadri post game as the Flames fall 5 4 in a five round shootout to the Toronto Maple Leafs. We'll take a break, come back with your phone calls, come back with your texts, and a whole lot more. So the Flames have their win streak snapped at two, but they are 2 0 1 in their last three going into Saturday's game against Ottawa. It's Pat Steinberg along with you. Flames talk post game on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. We continue next. This is Calgary Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. The Flames Talk post-game show continues from the downtown studio on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Okay, Flames fall 5-4 in a shootout, a five-round shootout on Friday night this evening in Toronto as our Flames Talk post-game continues. My name is Pat Steinberg. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts, and, of course, live after every game right here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Phone lines open, 403-240-4444. Text line open at 960-960 to your phone calls and texts in just minutes. But first, uh, it's uh, time for the save of the game. Dan Vladar got the start in net. Save of the game brought to you by Shane Holmes. Bit of a shaky start for uh, Dan Vladar and then he really settled in as the game went along, especially in the third period and Dan's save of the game comes in period number three. And now Benoit is going to bank it off the boards and ahead to his captain. Tavares he crosses the Flames line, weaves his way in and shoots and Vladar makes a tremendous stop. John Tavares with a great move to split the defense, but Dan Vladar stops him and keeps the game tied at four. And that ends up being one of the 32 stops made by Dan Vladar tonight, and that is his save of the game brought to you by Shane Holmes. For every save a Flames goaltender makes, Shane Holmes makes a donation to Kids Sport Calgary. Visit ShaneHolmes.com, the better way to build. So now the question becomes, who the heck gets the start on Saturday? Jacob Markstrom day-to-day with an injury. Markstrom did not uh, take morning skate for the Flames, came out after morning skate to get a little bit of work in, and didn't dress in this game. Dustin Wolf was Dan Vladar's backup. You're not going back to Vladar tomorrow on the second half of a back-to-back. At least I wouldn't. I don't think they will either, uh, but we'll see. But I I don't think you go back to uh, Vladar for tomorrow's game. You know that we're talking about a nicked up or, or banged up or Jacob Markstrom who's nursing something. So why push it with Jacob if he didn't even dress in this game tonight? Give him another few days and see if he's an option. See if he's good to go on Tuesday in Montreal. Go to the kid. Put Dustin Wolf in. It just it seems like it's such a no-brainer. It feels like uh, such a tailor-made, easy solution for the Flames. You've got this goalie that you are trying to, you know, keep. I don't want to say keep happy, but you're trying not to frustrate him. You've got this goalie that you're trying not to uh, that you're trying to show that he's still part of the plan because he is. But he's also in the American Hockey League, and so you've got this. You've got. You've got that that you're trying to accomplish. On top of that, 
you've got your number one goalie. You could probably use another couple of days of rest. You're on the second half of back-to-back. Oh, yeah, Dustin Wolf's 924 goalie uh, at the American League level. He's the back-to-back goaltender of the year, and we know how good he is, and we know how strong a prospect he is. Everything just seems to make sense to go to Wolf on Saturday in Ottawa. We'll see if that's what the Flames end up doing. I think they should. Uh, let's get to the text line at 960-960 on this Friday night following a 5-4 shootout loss to the Maple Leafs. Um, this says, Pat, way too early, but they're still playing to be buyers or sellers. Management's waiting to find out what they have. Hope they sell, but not Arizona style. Get some top prospects, not top draft picks. We'll serve them well heading into a new arena. I'm liking Huska. That comes from Kev. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it is a little early to determine um, that uh, a little early to determine that if it's going to be a buying or a selling type thing. Um, and yeah, I, I, I think that they're still working that out. It's funny. Um, this coming just as we're talking right now. So if you're listening live, it's um, if you're listening live now, it is just after 8.45. So it's 8.47 on Friday night. And ESPN NHL insider uh, Kevin Weeks has just tweeted something here uh, talking about Nikita Zadorov. I'm just going to read it for you uh, verbatim. Sorry if I'm scrambling. Just wanted to make sure that I got the tweet up. So this coming from Kevin Weeks, ESPN NHL insider verbatim. Fresh off a goal and big hit tonight against the Maple Leafs. I'm told that defenseman Nikita Zadorov, through his agent Dan Milstein, has requested a trade from the Flames. So that comes from Dan Milstein that Zadorov has requested a trade from the Flames. Um, that comes from Dan Milstein through Kevin Weeks. So there's just another addition to that. I, I thought I'd bring that up because Logan just texted it to me and was reading that buying, selling uh, text from Kevin. Thought it was a good time to throw that in there as well. So add that to the front of your mind as we have some of the conversations. Um, what else we got here at 960-960? This uh, Joey in Fort McLeod. Can you explain how Kadri got a slashing penalty for poking at the puck? Glad it didn't cost the power play, but that could have easily been a five-on-three. Good to see the Flames battle back. Seems things are starting to come together. The kids are continuing to kill it. Hoping to see Wolf tomorrow. That's from Joey in Fort McLeod. I don't... We heard Kadri. In fact, uh, the first the first comment Kadri made when we played postgame, I meant to clarify what he was talking about, but he was talking about the goal that was called back. Not only was it called back, but yeah, Kadri took a slashing penalty in the first period. I thought the Flames got jobbed on that one because um, I, I did think that should have been a good goal. I don't really understand why there was a slashing call. Um, and I, I watched that replay about five or six times and just felt like it was it was still loose and Kadri was right there and he poked the puck. I didn't see him slash anybody. Look, I'm, I'm not trying to say the Flames got jobbed out of the game. I just think that that should have been a goal. I, I thought that that first period waved off goal that actually ended up in a Kadri slashing penalty. I thought the Flames got a raw deal on that one. Um, you know, I thought the officiating was pretty weak on both sides in this game tonight. There were a lot of misses on both sides out there tonight, but that one I thought was particularly strange that they not only didn't call it a goal, if you want to give the intent to blow, sure, and probably the whistle did blow before Kadri uh, 
put it in, so it was probably a quick whistle, but I thought it was super, super weird that he also got a slashing call, but that's just me. Um, what else we got here at 969.60? This from Dylan in Revy. How could a ref blow down like 18 loose pucks in one game? They were terrible on both teams' accounts. Another question, do you know if there's something bugging Raz? He seems like he's hesitating a lot with the puck. Caused two goals against this game and a couple through the last week or so as well. I, I don't, I from from my knowledge, he's not, but I, I don't know that for sure uh, when talking about Rasmus Anderson. This from James in Regina. Big picture, it was good to see the team battle back to get the overtime point, but there's still too many turnovers from soft and sloppy puck management. Also, the power play as a whole was minus one, and that's not good enough. This team isn't going anywhere in the standings until they figure out how to cash in on more power play opportunities. That's from James in Regina. I, I agree on that front. Uh, this from Brad in Athabasca. That was fun. Take the point and off to Ottawa. Lots of positives in the last handful of games. Huberto laying down some building blocks to get his game back. Tomorrow we let Wolf eat. Go Flames go. It's talking about Dustin Wolf. I think he should. And my gut says he will start against the Senators. Um... This from Stafford and Bonas. Pat, that was U-G-L-Y for a team that put almost six solid periods together the last two games. They needed to continue the trend in that direction, but they failed. Outshot 12-4 in the third. I lost count of the number of giveaways that turned into dangerous chances for the Leafs. Pull the trigger on a deal with Toronto. Hannafin and a pick for Nylander. Let the rebuild begin. The only thing I would say to that, Stafford, is, and, and I, I, I do agree, I thought there was some uh, poor... Puck management, there were some soft plays, there were uh, definitely some ill-advised turnovers. I agree on all those fronts. But I do think there was a positive in there that the Flames battled back. I think that the, the resolve, the fight they showed would be the positive side of it. And I also think it was just that type of game. It's not like the Maple Leafs were super buckled down and put on a defensive clinic either. Joe Wall was not super strong in net either. It was kind of sometimes, even after playing two really strong games in a, while, in a row where the Flames did a lot of the things that you'd say, hey, that's the way that they're supposed to play or they want to play. Sometimes a game just goes like this where it kind of turns into a runaway where it's sloppy on both sides and neither team can reel it in and honestly that's what I what what I saw tonight in Toronto neither team was able to reel it in both teams were sloppy as all get out and in the end it was kind of a you know I, I know the Maple Leafs took a 4-1 lead but I never felt it was like a 4-1 dominant game I know the Flames came back and tied it 4-4 but it never felt like it was this incredible comeback it was just a loose as hell game and eventually went to five rounds in a shootout so the fact the Flames didn't pack their suitcase and go away, that would be the positive part of a game that kind of went that way, at least in my opinion. Here's one from Nathan. Lots of positives despite the loss. The boys fought hard. I give them credit for coming back. Officiating was a joke. They weren't calling anything. One of the first worst officiated games I've seen. Flame showed a lot of heart the way they stuck with it. Defense was suspect for both teams, but fun to watch. Can't be overly upset with the effort. Uh, this reads, I worry about the giveaways I'm seeing from DeSimone and Hannafin, hoping they can tighten that up. Loving the second line and how Kadri's been playing since the Heritage Classic. Vladar showed up for the third and beyond. I think the positive I see from this year is the no quit. Last year, they gave up 
in closer games, and it was almost over the second. It was tied or one goal down. Now they're fighting tooth and nail to come back. I think the new management and coaching are doing a good job of keeping the alarm bells low, holding accountability, while also keeping things consistent with the team, not playing mind games with the players based on their play. And I know fans get heated about Huberdeau, but he took his time riding the line, and he went back to work. Despite all the fandom and media and everyone, including himself, has thrown on him negativity-wise, this guy keeps showing up. I wonder myself what it'll look like when Pelche gets back, if the French connection might help. I felt like Huberdeau really took Pelts under his belt last year towards the end of the year, and I think he could really be good for Huberdeau. Can't make it to the game in Ottawa tomorrow, but I'll be cheering loud. I think that's Eduardo in Ottawa. Um... So there you go. That is, uh, that's a little bit on the text line. Uh, this says, uh, great comeback by the boys. Now Lindholm should have signed in the summer because his value is dropping every game. He cannot put the puck in the net. How is it they cannot put a game away in a shootout? Same as last year, leaving points that are in their grasp on the table, but just no killer instinct. Uh, so there you go. That's a little bit on the text line at 960-960. Let's get to the phone lines now. It's your Flames Talk postgame show at 403 240 44. Pat Steinberg along with you on your Flamestock post game, Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcast. Wedley is kicking us off tonight. What's up, Wed? Oh, not much, man. How about you? I'm doing all right. I'm just trying to read like what the blue check marks mean. Nothing. I don't know if this is the real Dan Milstein. No, it is. It is. Uh, that 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 is a legit report from Kevin Weeks and and Dan Milstein's kind of talked about it on his Twitter tonight as well. Thanks to Logan Gordon who's listening live and helping me out with uh, with some of these things. But no, that is legit. Um, oh Dan- no, that's legit. But what about that second tweet where he says the best D man's not getting enough ice? Is that from him or is that a fake? I can't tell if it's real or fake. I mean, it's got Rick Dollywall uh, in. Van- Vancouver, yeah. who's as tight as it gets with agents, um, oh, okay. who is replying to him. So no, I, I think it's okay. I think it's legit, my friend. That's definitely him. Yeah, yep, Different that's definitely age we him. Live in. Well, I'll leave that for another night. I'll also leave the game for another night too. I, I, if you don't mind, I want to make this about Mike Vernon uh, on my call today. So as you know, uh, so uh, since eight years old, I've been a. It's actually because of Mike Vernon is why I'm a Flames fan. Uh, my dad was in the hospital then for he had a infected uh, pa- uh, what's it called a pe- appendix, and there was this. And my parents are from India, so they they didn't grow up with hockey. They didn't know anything about hockey. It was this senior in the waiting room at Rocky View Hospital. So she watched her soap opera Days of Our Love, whatever it was, in the morning, and then evening this Flames game, the very first Flames game I watched, Game Seven against Vancouver. I had no idea what I was watching, but there was this little guy in net. He stopped Petri Skriko, Tony Tanti, Stan Smeal. Unbelievable. And I was hooked. And the madness of my flames began. And Mike Vernon's the only jersey I have framed. He's my first hockey jersey. I wanted my, when I was a kid, not now, I wanted my hair cut like him if I played goal in like <laughs> hockey. Yeah, that's a funny one, telling my dad. They took me to the barber in Chinook. Uh, it, it was downstairs at the time. And the guy's like, uh, he just gave me a buzz cut and pretended it was Mike Vernon. Um, and then the best part is, of course, anytime I played goal in floor hockey in school, I'd always do the over-the-top glove save, pretending I was him. And, and I'm so grateful for him. I used to argue with my buddies because my buddies always said, he doesn't have 400 wins. I'm like, that guy deserves to be in the cup, especially, I mean, in the Hall of Fame, the, Hall of the Fame, era yeah. he was in. And... You know, that team should have won more cups, but that's another story. But uh, 
And I thankfully, for the first time ever, I got to meet him last week. He did an autograph signing there. Nice guy. Got to take a photo. Uh, my mom was his mom's nurse when uh, near the end there. It, it's just a lot of parallels. It's kind of like a full circle moment for me as a Flames fan because out of the entire history of the franchise, only two players I've been fully invested in. Mike Vernon as a kid, again as an adult. So I'm so happy he may finally made it, and it looks like he's having a good time. And I loved his uh, – try to get the, the – the, he was so excited. He missed the one handshake there in the lineup, and Lanny was giving the gears. And, you know, it's just a great day for a Flames fan, especially me. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't. Be, I would still probably be collecting stickers and dinosaurs. Honestly, I, I had no idea what hockey was. So, I thank him for that. Congratulations, getting the Hall of Fame, man. Like, uh, it, it just really made me happy. You know, and I can't wait to hear a speech on Monday. So, thank you for letting me tell these stories. But uh, as for the game, just take the point that the uh, you know, was it pretty? No. But better that they still they lost 5-4 than lose 4-1 or the way it was heading. So we're seeing some positives. I love man Zari. He's uh, you know my friend my friend goes to Wrangler games. He didn't think Zari would pan out much more than a bottom six guy. But I'm glad he's proving him wrong so far and keep it up. And Pospisil, youth is being served. The kids are all right as they say. And if Zadora wants out, bring in more kids or bring in pick. Bring in guys that want to be here. Youthful energy, right? Like, uh, look what's going on up north. <laughs> it's not good. So even though we lost today, at least we fought back. Whereas yesterday, I watched a lot. Of, sure, they got a lot of shots, but the, right now their fight back isn't there. So, And it, they'll probably come back, so I'll, I'll enjoy it now. But, uh, no, uh, get the guys that want to be here, and then we'll go from there. If we make the playoffs, great. If we miss, we miss. But get guys that want to be here. I love that Huska, yes, he, he you know, he benched Schuberto, but he at least gave him a chance to redeem himself, and I like that. I, 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 I'm old school. I, I don't mind a coach being tough on a player, but I also like a coach that gives a player to redeem himself. Huberto looked better, you know, and Lindholm couldn't buy a goal today. I felt bad for the guy. He really was trying. So many chances, but anyways, Pat, I'll let you get to other calls. Thank you for letting me ramble about Mike Vernon. Go Flames, go. Get the win tomorrow, and we'll talk soon. Thanks, Wed. Appreciate it, buddy. Uh, phone lines open at 403-240-4444 following a Flames 5-4 shootout loss in Toronto. Uh, Jeff is up next on our Flames Talk post game. What's up, Jeff? Hey, Pat. How's it going? Good, man. How are you? I'm pretty good. Hi, I, I'm going to follow up with another positive call, man. This, uh, this, this was a good game. I mean, you got these three guys, Propazil, Zari, uh, Des, Desimone, you got Vladar, and by the way, I think you got to play Vladar again because I think you got to see what you got because he hasn't played enough to show it, and he had a positive game to me. Like I just I wouldn't play think. him tomorrow. See, but Ottawa is a better team than Montreal. I feel like. And, I just uh, you know I I just you have no reason to play a guy in a back to back when you got Dustin Wolf right there. But Vladar hasn't played a lot of hockey. I mean, he's played. He started two of the last three. I mean, I, I just, I, it, it would, it would be. I think you'd That's be. Okay. I think you'd be yeah. super out thinking yourself <laughs> if you didn't play Wolf against Ottawa. Who, you, like playing goalies on a back to back. The the numbers no, you know, are pretty no, no, clear. No, no, just, like it just, just makes no sense he, to me. He's got some. He's got some feel right now after this game. It was a positive game for the Flames. A comeback win on the road against Toronto, a really good team. Ottawa is a better team than Montreal. I go. 
with Sladar, and 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 we can agree to disagree. As We're going to have to because you're not going to convince me on that one. <laughs> cool, but uh, I love the direction of the team right now. This this Sadorov news is serious drama, like <laughs> because I, I this game was his best game of the year. It, it, like I I I think he's a leader. I would keep this guy. Well, that that may not be happening now. But it's just that's what I mean. This drama because he's that good. Like he he was he was great tonight again. Yeah, he was he was really strong, and and I do um, I I do I like I I do wonder a little bit when when talking about Zadorov um, the. The agent Dan Dan's a very similar agent in a lot of ways, just in terms of his social media presence. As Alan Walsh, who is Jonathan Huberdeau's agent, I, I do wonder if this is a little bit of a play by the agent. Um, the agent was tweeting a little bit about how doesn't like Zadorov's ice time. Um, so just to kind of paraphrase, just checking in. I. I I don't know if the Flames have um, necessarily heard whether or not like, – I don't know if the Flames have necessarily gotten that trade request put on their desk as of yet, but um, it, it kind of feels like kind of feels like a, a play by the agent here. Um, we know that Zadorov is an unrestricted free agent, and yeah, that's well, – we'll see. I, 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 guess, I guess I would say the, the outcome isn't written in stone. Yeah, yeah, no. I, it's just, it's just crazy because I honestly felt like that was his best game of the year. Yeah, he, and he was really good against Nashville as well, too. Oh, I mean, he he has some Bufflin like traits in a sense. Like he, like his hockey sense is sometimes I feel like lacking. But I don't know. His physical package is so enticing. Like you could actually fetch a lot for him, which is the other part of it. Like. Do you know do you know what I mean? Like I mean he's right now he might be his most valuable. This is the best I've seen him as a flame. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean on the other side that that would help his trade value, that's for sure. So, I don't know. I'm just saying I like I like the youth movement right now and I think that's the most positive thing happening, the philosophy of that. And Conroy must feel vindicated because he's been with those kids. And I've been advocating for those kids. Mm-hmm. So I I just, I feel like this is a positive building point. So um, that, that's my call, man. I haven't called in for a while. So. Okay. Good stuff, Jeff. Appreciate it, man. Yeah. Take care, man. You too. Bye-bye. 403-240-4444 is your phone number as the Flames fall 5-4 in a shootout to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Let's say hello to George. What's up, George? Not much, Patty. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing all right. Good, my friend. I hope I don't sound like trash tonight. No, you're good. I, I would tell you, you'll always know if your phone's garbage because it'll be like the first thing I say to you. Excellent, because when I called in, it did, and then I called back, with, uh, <laughs> and it was all good. So anyway, um, man, oh, man. First of all, before I even start, that call by Wedley was unbelievable. I love hearing stories like that. Um, I won't tell it now, but I, I'm a Flames fan because of my whole family were Flames fans because of Lonnie McDonald because of my brother being in the children's hospital. This was years ago but i won't go into that story i'll tell another time but yeah it's cool to hear stories like that 
cool to see how people become become fans of this team. So mm. awesome story, Wedley. It's good to hear. Yeah, absolutely. So this, this team, buddy, like last year, they turned pucks over a lot too, right? But this season, it feels like it's next level. Like I can't recall a flame squad turning over the puck as much as this one does this year. I don't know if it's the defensive system. I don't know what's going on, but that it's awful, awful. And it's not just this game; it's most of the season. But that that first period, holy smoke, man! I just I can't believe it. I, I do they not watch video? Like what's going on? These are turnovers. I I I, I see turnovers like this in like pee wee hockey. Like what's going on here? Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't. I mean, it was. It's been better the last little bit. It wasn't great tonight. Awful, awful, and. Uh, but I will say this, it's so refreshing to see what the kids from the Wranglers have been doing. Like, Zary was one of the best players on the Flames again tonight. Pospisil has brought a lot of grit and energy. And honestly, Patty, like, I've even liked DeSimone. I think he's, he's you know, done, done his duty, done his part um, back there. So, uh, to me, there's no surprise that the Wranglers have been so good for the last three years. Even this year, you know, they're, they're I, I believe tonight they're winning 4 or 5 nothing, something like that. Like, they're... They're doing a great job with the farm down there, and uh, I, I just keep 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 them coming. And and I say it jokingly, but not half jokingly, with all the success and the impact you're seeing from all all the kids being brought up. Like, doesn't doesn't that isn't that just another way to scream rebuild to ownership? You know what I mean? Like, look, it doesn't mean you'll win every game, but at least you'll get an entertaining product. You'll get guys who are excited and actually, you know, care. Uh, I, I definitely think that there is, uh, a, I mean, especially when you've got a good American League team, as you mentioned, like the Flames do right now, there's a pretty good Wranglers team. Um, yeah, I, I think that that has a knock-on effect when you've got, um, when you've got uh, an American League team that plays well, and then on top of that, they're not afraid to use the American League team and, and they reward their young players. Yeah, I think there's a lot to that. Yeah, yeah. And now I was going to talk about Zadorov tonight before I got the information that you guys gave us, but so I'm going to go in a different direction here. I love Zadorov. I've loved Zadorov all year. I thought I think he's been one of our best defensemen this year. And while I'm very disappointed he asked for a trade, I completely understand why he did. Like he was wanting to stay here for so long, and for people who were saying like he doesn't want to be here, he did want to be here. He's one of the few guys that wanted to be here, but when he asked to even talk about contract extensions, management ignored him completely. So, a that would piss you off. I'd understand that. The other thing is when you see. Well, them, I don't know. I don't you know, know if that is um, necessarily true, George. That's that's a bit of a. That's you don't. A bit you don't think that would have annoyed him? No, I don't think that what you said is true. That they completely ignored him. Well, I heard from numerous sources online that management basically said they didn't want to talk to Car Trek with them, even though he and his agent wanted to. Well, basically what happened was they were in a spot where they were trying to figure out the Lindholm Hannafin stuff. And they said that those are the guys that had to come from a cap perspective, had to take priority. And so they weren't able to talk contract with a number of guys because Hannafin and Lindholm were the priorities. And, and I, I kind of, understandably so I, I think anyway that's kind of just the order of business sometimes yeah that's where i'm going next because number number two that would piss me off for hours of door off offering hannafin the sun and the moon when he's been garbage this year as so a door has been way better yeah 
I said it before, I'll say it again. If there's one player out of the four UFAs I would want to keep, it would be him. And I stand by that now, and I know that's probably not going to happen now, but I stand by that. None of those three. I don't want to talk trash about Tanev. Tanev hasn't been himself either this year, but I'll let him off the hook because he's older, and I. I mean, you've got you've also George. You've also got a big time chip on your shoulder with Hannafin. You just don't like the player, so you never see anything good that he does. Sure, but with reason, though. I mean, look. Well, no, not always. Like he. I didn't. I didn't hear you giving him his props the last two games where he was one of their best defensemen. Uh, he was okay. He oh, was you see, tonight, you, George, you see what I mean? Did you not just prove my he point? Was okay. Did you not just prove my point? You thought, you thought he was one of their best defensemen the last two games? Yeah. Yeah. Well, George, we George disagree. He was George. Fine. Am I? Are you not proving my point though? No, because we're just disagreeing. I don't. Well, think no, he but he scores two huge goals. Games. He plays lots of minutes. He minutes. He and Tanev were really strong together, and you're like, oh, pfft. no, nah, he wasn't that. Like that, that's all I'm saying is that you, you and and we all do it, but you you don't like Hannafin, so you don't ever see anything good that he does. Well, that's not true. He does some good things, but let, you can agree with me. He's been more worse this year than he's been better. I, I'm, I haven't been as down on him as you have been. Fair, fair enough. Like I said, we have our opinions on him. But, yeah, I, I mean, and the other thing is I, I, I have a real good feeling in my gut he isn't the most popular guy in that room after dropping all those truth bombs. And you mean you mean Zadorov? I, I, I honestly don't yeah, know, yeah, and I, I, think that's, I, I think that's a little irresponsible. Um, I think that's a maybe irresponsible is the wrong word. I, I, just, I think it's a little unfair to just say, well, that, that must be it. I, I honestly don't know. So. I'm not saying it is fact. I'm saying I have a feeling. I don't know. Well, yeah, but fact, I mean, George, you're I, in I South wonder. Carolina. How like that? You have a. You, could it be? Maybe. I just. I, I think it's a little for me to say. Well, I. I don't know. It just. Could that be? Maybe. My my feeling is probably not. Just based on. Um, based on. My read on it, but I, I don't know that for sure. So, with all the circumstances leading to this, how can the guy go from being one being like? Wanting to be a lifetime flame, all of a sudden I want out of here now. What changed? Well, his agent says he's not liking the ice time. You're telling me just ice time? That's the only reason? Mm. Well, that, okay, George. Like, I I don't know what you want me to say. You've got your you've got all your like your your preconceived notions. I don't know what you want me to say. I give you answers like three times, and you tell yeah, me that. Well, I'm, no, that's wrong. I'm, I'm just I just find it a little bit strange that he wants out of here after wanting ma- making it very publicly known he wanted to be here. That's all. I just, you know, I'm disappointed by it. But I'm wondering, I think there's got to be more than just one thing that changed his mind. If, if it is the ice time and I'm, and I'm proven wrong, then so be it. Well, but, but it's I not like we're ever going to know for sure. I just, it's just like, I'm, uh, this is a frustrating call today because, like, I give you other things. And you're like, well, no, can't be right. Like, it's just like, you've got, you, you've made up your mind on a lot of things is all I, is all I'm saying. Yeah, fair enough. Final one, I'll let you go, Patty. You think we see the Wolfman tomorrow? I think we should. My gut says yes, and I, I 100% I we believe do. we should. Let's do it, and I want to hear the Wolf call if he does. Well, perhaps. Well, perhaps. you got to push the button if he plays tomorrow, Patty. I don't really have the button on cue. I have to have that ready. So it's a, I'm in a different Get place. Get it ready. I'm in a different place during uh, f- during games than I am for the afternoon show. So. George, i got to roll. i got to roll, bud. Get it ready. Have a good night, man. See you, man.
That was one of my more frustrating George calls. But it's George, so I, I understand it. Uh, Parsons, up next. What's up, Pars? Hey, brother. How you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? Good. Good call by George. Um, I, I kind of echo his sentiments on Zadorov. Um, I thought he was wanting to be part of this as well. So this is uh, interesting news at the last minute. Um, it, and actually, uh, from the last game, I, I meant to mention, and I forgot to mention, I think it was George and Travis both said that, you know, if there's one guy we want to keep on this team, it's Zadorov. And I, I completely agreed with it. That and, and I get it. I'm, I'm even with you on that one, too. I won't lie, Pars. I'm a little surprised by what we're hearing, yeah. too. I, I I don't know if it is, again, the agent making it seem like it's a, an ice time thing. And, and look, he did play 15-33 in this game. He's kind of been a third-pair defenseman the last little bit. Maybe it does come just down to that. I, I'm a little surprised by it, too. Yeah, so, I mean, you know if we're talking about the truth bomb and this and that and the other thing, I guess um, it all has to meld into something. And maybe there's something going on that we're not aware of in that room. Um, But um, yeah, that's a crappy news for sure on the Zadora front, because I really like that guy. I think he's a leader. I think he's a great defenseman. As a matter of fact, I think he's probably, you know, maybe we underestimate this guy. I, I think he's one of the best defensemen out there in the league in terms of everything that he brings. The only thing um, I'll say about Big Z, and I'm a big fan of the player too, I think that they should re-sign him. Um, or, or at the very least, I think that there, there's a really good conversation to be had about re-signing him. Um, mm-hmm. The only thing I'll say is that when he's in a top-four role, is when we see some of those struggles. The last little bit, yeah. playing in a more limited role on the third pair, is when he's been really good. And I'm not trying to take anything away from him. All I'm saying is that I've yet to see when Nikita's in a in a top four role, I've yet to see him be a guy that you're like, yes, he he needs to stay there. And so that 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 would be the only thing I would rebut with. I think he, you know, I don't know if I'm with you when I say he's one of the best defensemen in the league. I think he's a he's a really really solid guy who probably is slightly miscast as a third pair guy. He's probably better suited to be a second pair guy, I think. And yet, when he has been consistently put in more of a top four role, it hasn't always been a consistent game from him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but but they they've never paired him like he's not with like a Tanev or anything. He, you know he was I mean? paired. He, he was paired with Tanev to start his time here, and it didn't work. Yeah, um, it did, he's yeah. been, played a lot with Uyghur, which has at times been good, but more recently hasn't been. Um, okay. So yeah, I, I, sure. when he's gotten those opportunities, he's shown flashes. But again, it hasn't. You've also seen some of the um, some of the the yeah. mistakes pop up a little more often in those. Spots. I get that, man. But you know, he also brings also. Dude, you're not. Like, I'm not arguing with you about about yeah. him being. I think he's a good defenseman. Yeah. I really do. I think there's a lot yeah. to be said about about them re-signing him, and I'm a little surprised that we're hearing this news tonight. Yeah, totally. Okay, so moving on from that, um, Zari, I thought, uh, and Pospisil, again, uh, probably two of our better players tonight for sure. 
Um, I'm loving the fact that uh, the Flames are actually keeping to their their word that they're going to give young guys a chance. So, um, you know, Manjapani on that shootout. Oh my lord! You mean on the breakaway? Oh no, on the on the shootout. And yeah, like well, he didn't you know, he didn't he didn't go in the shootout. Manjapani. He went. He had a breakaway in overtime. Oh, and overtime, I'm sorry. Yes. Um, my God, I can't believe, like, these guys get paid so much money. And I, anyways, Sharon Govich. What? what? I, I think, I think. What are you talking about? Sorry? I'm just confused. Like, what do you mean about Manjapani getting paid so much money? Well, yeah, like, he had a clear breakaway and couldn't score. I mean, he came within. He came within a He came within like a half a centimeter of scoring. Man, I don't. The goalie played it well too. Boy, geez, the call. The calls are all over the place. I'm having a hard time. My brain is hurting with some of these tonight. That's okay. Um, Sharon Govich, I think, deserves some top line minutes. Um, That guy actually scored on the shootout. Um, Vladar. Uh, brutal at the first, brutal at the, and, and he he eventually settled in. But at the end of the day, like we either need to play this guy more or do a one A one B situation with him and uh, Markstrom because like the guy can't come in cold all the time, and we can't expect a lot of greatness out of that. You know, um, I feel for the guy to be honest with you. Because um, I think he's a really good goalie. Um, yeah, and he got and, and and to that point, he kind of got better as the game went along, right? He did, yeah, hundred percent. He did. Now, in, in, but also, like on the other side of it, he came in coldish against Seattle and started that game and looked really good all night. I'm amazed how he does it. To be honest, like coming in cold all the time. That's like, kind of, but that's time. kind of the that's kind of the job of a backup goalie. Totally. And and I'm impressed by him and how he handles that and how he handles his business. So kudos to him. Um, I think Wolf's going to start against Ottawa. And Huberto, I thought that was a brutal game again. Uh, kudos to his one-block shot. Um, Kadri, I think that, that was a goal. I don't understand why the NHL or, like, the Toronto, like, they don't look at that and – I don't know why we can't challenge early calls. Like that seems weird to me, but um, which on on sorry on on the the cadre goal. Oh yeah, yeah. I, that one I don't. That one I also that one made my brain hurt too. It made my brain hurt because why doesn't so if Toronto's looking at plays, like why cannot we challenge early calls? Because that hurts the team, and it, it might. Well, I mean, it's just I. I don't know. Um, it just it it is. You could you couldn't challenge that one. That one was just not in the rule book. What you could challenge. So, 
Um, right. I, I th- that was. I just thought it was an all-round missed call. They happened. It just happened to um, not get the Flames or, or right. um, kind of rob the chance of chances of the Flames tying the game. That was just a missed call. They happen. They'll they'll be yeah. a few times this year where the up- opposing team is in a similar situation. Those ones happen. Like I'm not upset about it. I just thought that they probably should have tied the game. It's just that's not in the yeah. rule book that you can challenge that one. I gotta I gotta roll, buddy. I appreciate it, Parse. Love you, man. Take care. Good to hear from you, buddy. Uh, a few more calls before we uh, go back inside the Flames locker room, starting with Tony on the phone lines tonight. What's up, Tony? Hey, Pat. How are you, buddy? Good, man. You know what? Uh, they played a, a better game, but when you have two rookies and the fourth line are scoring for you and nothing from your top players, there's a problem, buddy. You know? They got to get those, that, those top guys going. Yeah, I agree with that. I thought I thought Huberdeau was a little bit better tonight. Um, I thought that uh, you know Lindholm had some chances, but he's kind of been very inconsistent this year. It's good to the the only thing that I would uh, the only one that I would disagree with on the the top players conversation is is Kadri is getting the job done here. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Maybe that. But I mean, still. Like, Top six guys, top three guys. Now one would well, even get a point. I mean, yeah, Kadri had an assist. Yeah, okay. And you know the Zadorov man, man. We got to keep this guy. We lose him, we're going to get pushed around so much. I say we move on from Hamilton. There's no way with this guy's worth seven point five or eight million. That's insane. I would never pay this. I'd rather pay Zadorov five times five. This is a big body. He plays tough. We don't have those tough tough guys. Our team's not as tough as it was last year. It's not as fast as it's not fast either. So I don't know what they're doing here, but can't can't afford to lose the door. That's just this is what I think, Pat. Uh, I don't know. I mean, if if it's true and he's requested a trade, and again, I, I think that part partially we are talking about a a play by the agent, um, but that's part of the that's part of the game. Um, that because I I don't know if the the Flames have necessarily um, gotten that trade request on their desk as of yet. Um, but if he doesn't want to stay, what are you going to do? Yeah, I guess. But do you think Hamlin's worth seven point five? I I to be honest with you, I probably wouldn't go that high on him either. Especially if you like, if there was a if there was a a, a choice of signing Hannafin eight times seven and a half or trading him for a really good return, I'd probably lean the trade. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? With Huberdro, you know what I. You say he played good. I played another bad game. But you know what? But I keep playing on the top line. I play him the whole two minutes on the power play. We got to get him out of this funk, Ben. We're stuck with this guy for at least five more years. This contract's not going anywhere. Everybody else on the team, we could move if we had to. But this guy, forget, he's here for five years at least before we can even think of moving his contract. So they have to get this guy going. Just keep playing him lots. You just have to. Right. Even if he's bad, you just got to keep playing him, man. We signed this contract. Brad wrecked this team, but what are you going to do? You got to go with it. Yeah. You know, like it's just, people are saying, "Oh, well, who are you going to be? You can't bench him. He, he's he's a ten million dollar. He's your top supposed to be your top guy. You got to keep playing the guy, man. That's all. Maybe he'll get out of this funk. You just got to keep. Like I put him off the whole two minutes, man, <clears throat> on the power play. Say, there you go. Give you all the chances you want. You know, like. I don't know, Pat. Do you, do you agree or no? You I, I I I don't. But I I, I get what you're saying. I wouldn't do that myself. But me, what's that? You don't agree with me? What's wrong with you? 
I, I guess I just uh, I'm not as enlightened as you, Tone. Yeah, well, you know what, Pat? Like I'm telling you, and Huska. One more thing here, Huska. We just, I'm not sure what kind of system he's playing. We can't play defense. We don't have the firepower to play an offensive game. Um, uh, yeah, it's just uh, I don't know. I'm telling you, it's just uh, it's weird watching this team. <laughs> but uh, like I said, we got to get the top guys going, and hopefully, Hanifin, we can trade him for some something decent, like some maybe a half decent goal scorer or something. I don't know. That's just the way I feel, Pat. All right. Fair but, enough. Uh, We'll see what happens, brother. You have a good night. Take care. You too, Tone. Good to hear from you, buddy. Bye-bye. Thanks, man. Let's uh, let's go. Uh, let's do this. Let's go back inside the Flames locker room. Uh, Flames lose 5-4 in a shootout to the Toronto Maple Leafs on this Friday night to kick off a three-game road trip. It's Pat Steinberg along with you on a Flames Talk post-game show, Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's hear from Connor Zeri. How about that four-game point streak to start Connor Zeri's career? Not bad. Here's uh, Connor Zeri. Picked up a goal in in this game tonight, his thoughts post game inside the Flames locker room. Maybe I just uh, you know, coming a little bit, just the way that this point went and kind of shifted. and how you guys were able to kind of claw your way back into this game. Yeah, I think for us, we we saw that we were building. We saw that we we could come after them and, and kind of play our game if we got in the offensive zone and just stick to our structure in the D zone. So I think it was it was on us to, to kind of be a little bit more structured and get in the O zone and play our game. So I think once we started doing that, we were able to obviously come back for the four one. So we start to see, you know, some more sustained ozone time and then just maybe even how it kind of created your goal too. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly what I talk about. I think if, if we're structuring our D zone and, and not allowing their best players to kind of just do what they want out there, it's, it's going to be a lot easier for us. And I think that goes for any team. If you're not playing D zone, it's going to make it a lot easier. So I think we, we build off what we did in the offensive zone and keep working on that. Connor, are you starting to feel a little bit more free in your game? I mean, you've had the results. It's one thing, but it looks as though the poise and the confidence there. Are you feeling as though the comfort level is starting to sink in? Yeah, for sure. I think uh, I think I was talking to my mom or dad the other day. It's it's kind of every first shift's like, oh crap, okay, we're here. But then I think I settle in, settle in, and, and kind of find my game again. So um, it's uh, it's been good. I think I, I feel confident in my game. I feel feel good about what I'm doing. I think there's still. Some little details, little things I, I have to clean up, especially tonight I, in the D zone. Just little, little, uh, little nuances that I can do better on. So I think just little things like that. But overall, I feel feel good about my game. You and Marty continue to go back and forth here now. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully, hopefully keep it up. It's a trend. Yeah. Yeah. We talked earlier this week about uh, you know an opportunity to come to Toronto, one of those teams that you watched uh, grow up. What uh, you know, what was it like coming into this building and the way that it uh, went down here? Yeah. Uh, overall, it was it was cool to, to experience. I think it's it's a little disappointing not coming out with a win after, but uh, we clawed back. We got the one point, and I think it was overall it was it was a fun experience. But move on to the next one tomorrow night. There you go. That is Connor Zeri. Good start to his NHL career. Hey, two goals, four points in four games in the NHL. He, Kadri, and Sharon Govich continue to be very, very strong together. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, that, that, that's been a real positive for the Flames here over the last little bit. Uh, and, uh, yeah, if you uh, continue to see this from Connor Zeri, I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon. So uh, good on him. Another 
another solid game for Zeri in this one. He's off to a four-game point streak to start his season. Let's select tonight's player with heart, brought to you by HeartFit Clinic. And tonight's player with heart, I'm going to go with Elias Lindholm because I know he doesn't score in this game tonight, and I know there was the he, he lost his man on the count of Yarncroke 2-1 goal, but uh, I thought he was very, very impactful in this game tonight. Uh, so he led the team with seven shots, led the team with nine uh, shot attempts, uh, six scoring chances, and three high danger chances. Lindholm was was pretty dangerous as this game went along, and I'm going to go with Lindholm as tonight's player with heart. Brought to you by HeartFit Clinic for HeartFit assessments and proven treatments. Not available at your doctor's office. Visit HeartFit.ca. Let's go back inside the Flames locker room for a final time. Uh, Mackenzie Weger with a uh, big assist on the A.J. Greer goal that got the Flames back within one. Here's Mackenzie Weger game in Toronto. You know, I think we got to assess it. I think our D zone was maybe a little loose at, at some points in the game, um, especially, you know, in the house. Uh, I thought we were a little loose. Um, but you know what? We, we stuck with the game plan. We hung in there. I like how we showed, uh, you know, a little bottle back in the third period to get a point here. Where did you see, you know, you go down 4-1, obviously that's a big turning point in the hockey game. How did you see things settle down in the way you started to turn it? Uh, you know what? I think our game plan was really to, you know, jump on their D. Uh, and then, the, you know, the D can, you know, sort of pinch. And I thought we did a great job doing that. I thought the forwards, when the forwards were forward-checking hard, we created a lot more chances. Um, but there was times where I thought the gaps were a little loose between the forwards and the D, and they get some clean zone entries. And then when, you know, they, they got some skill over there and started to take over a little bit at times. But you know what? We, we stuck stuck with it. Uh, mentally, you know, we can get really down on yourself out of when it's 4-1. And, um, you know, we stuck with it and uh, clawed our way back. What would you think of Dan Blitter? He was great. Uh, he made some big saves when we needed to. Um, I thought, you know, we left him, you know, to dry a little bit. Um, you know, we gave him two freebies. Um, that shouldn't happen. But, you know, what? Well, Dan was great tonight for us. There you go. That is Mackenzie Weger postgame after tonight's 5-4 shootout loss to the Maple Leafs. Uh, Steinberg along with you on your Flames Talk postgame show. Let's look ahead. It is uh, time for our looking ahead piece brought to you by Oncolytics Biotech. Fighting cancer by unleashing the power of the immune system. To learn more about how they use a patient's immune system to battle cancer, visit oncolyticsbiotech.com. Uh, the Flames next up tomorrow, Saturday night in Ottawa for a 5 o'clock face-off. That game will be on Hockey Night in Canada and on TV on Sportsnet 1. Of course, we'll have it for you here on Sportsnet 960, the fan, with a 4 o'clock pregame show. Not a ton of success against Ottawa of late for the Flames. Now, remember, uh, these stats uh, skewed because of the nine games they played against them in the 56-game campaign in 2021, so it does skew the numbers and inflate them a little bit, but uh, Calgary last year went 1-0-1 against Ottawa. Uh, they are 5-7-2 against the Senators over their last 14 games, which dates back to January of 2020, so 5-7-2 in their last 14 against the Sens. Uh, that's who they'll take on Saturday night. They finish off this road trip Tuesday on the road and Monday Montreal. That's a five o'clock face-off. They're in. Uh, they're back home Thursday to host the Vancouver Canucks. That's a seven o'clock face-off on Thursday night. That is looking ahead. Brought to you by Oncolytics Biotech, fighting cancer by unleashing the power of the immune system. To learn more about how they use a patient's immune system to battle cancer, visit oncolyticsbiotech.com. Let's get to the text line at 960, 960. Um, Okay. This says, um, 
Lots to get to on the text line. Lots that are uh, all over the place, but uh, lots to uh, dive in on. Uh, this says, Pat, I still don't get this D-zone coverage with the center applying pressure. Teams know this and just cycle the puck around. Uh, Jason Strudwick said it about the Oilers. These players and teams need to play a hybrid system and learn when to play man and then switch to zone. In regards to Zadorov, I think this has to do with uh, more with him calling out the players playing soft and asking for a new coach, and they might be bitter at him and he doesn't have time for it. Again, that's what George had uh, suggested earlier. I, I don't know if that is the truth. Uh, I, I honestly have no idea. Um, again, this I, the the story we're hearing is not that the Flames don't want Zadorov; it's that Zadorov wants. Oh, I don't know. I I'm 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 super surprised by it. I was not expecting uh, this to be one of the big topics of the post game show tonight. That's for sure. Um, this says people can be nitpicky, but five out of six points in the last three is good. Uh, this says. Ironically, I was calling Zadorov, Bobby Zadorov, Zadorov with or um, highlighted during the Nashville game. I like him, and I understand how he could feel like he's earned more ice time this season. But this trade request smells. Pull him from the lineup if he wants out. If he's that desirable, then the market will come looking for him. That's from Craig in Varsity. Uh, this says, here's the million-dollar question, Pat. If Zadorov doesn't want to be here, find Send him up north to Woodcroft and let him have it there. So who would they get back in return? I mean, from the Oilers, I don't know. Who would the, what would they get back in return for Zadorov? I guess depending on the need and the team, I think you could get a, a, a decent pick back from him. I think you could get a top 60 pick um, for Zadorov, still youngish, and has a unique blend of size and strength. You saw that hit that he laid tonight in Toronto. I Again, going back to the conversation with George, um, I, I I think ideally having Zadorov stay with the team, I think there's a lot to it. I mean, again, as I said, still youngish, size. Up until tonight, we thought he wanted to be here. I, I thought there was a lot to re-signing him. You know, George said that he, he he's the one guy he would have thought about re-signing as an unrestricted free agent. I, I get why Georgie says that. He's not alone. I, I know that Travis has said that. A few others have said that. I, I thought he, there was a, a lot to be said about re-signing Zadorov. Um, now, George and I got into it a little bit. I do think there's a few things at play here. Um, that that I and I don't know the, these things for sure, but I wonder if there are a few things at play. I do think the ice time thing that his agent Dan Milstein is talking about plays a part. That for sure. Um, I do think the fact that he's still an unrestricted free agent and they haven't signed him to an extension is part of it. Now I understand why that has happened. You know, George was really upset that uh, that they you know prioritized Hannafin and Lindholm and figuring out what was going to happen there. And that's why they, they didn't re-sign or, or get into contract talks with Zadorov over the summer. I think that makes a lot of sense. I think the 26-year-old defenseman in Hannafin and the top center on your team, Lindholm, should take priority. Those were the two guys that they needed to figure out. Didn't get figured out, and so they came into the season with four unrestricted, pending unrestricted free agents on the team. But I, I, I don't think that was a misstep by not dealing with Zadorov or not trading Zadorov uh, or not signing Zadorov in the summer. I understand that. Now, 
that I, I also understand that maybe that leaves a certain impression with the Zadorov camp, but even going back like earlier this week and earlier this season, it felt like he wanted to stay here. So I, I, I'm definitely surprised by the news. There's uh, there's no doubt about it. So you got the ice time. You've got potentially the fact that he's still not signed playing into it. You know, some have wondered whether some of his uh, comments that have been uh, very, very – like they, they've definitely made waves in this market uh, about the team if, if that play plays into it too. I don't know, but I do know I'm surprised that uh, this has happened and that we're talking about that, uh, talking about this, that's for sure. Um, so let's see how it plays out. That's really um, really interesting. Uh, this says from Brenton Calgary, Zadorov wants a trade. Why now? And what can they get in return? Does he see weakness in the locker room? Uh, this says from Paul, I think Zadorov's highly underrated. He's a player the Flames should be building around. I'm sad to hear he wants out. Seems like he's having a problem with someone in the room. Again, that, that I, I don't know if that is the case, Paul. But uh, it says he's been one of the best players this season and really cares, unlike some of the others. This from Jordy. Like the, the Zari Kadri line tonight. Hopefully, we get to see Wolf in action tomorrow. Good fight back by the boys. Fun game to watch. Um... This says, I'm totally surprised on the Zadorov request. He's one of the players I'd like to keep through a shakeup. This says, did you hear about Zadorov requesting a trade? Yes, we, we have heard that. That has just been the topic of the show so far. Um, this says, I thought Z wanted to stay in Calgary. What's up with wanting a trade? This from Jeff. Uh, wow, Zadorov requesting a trade. That's a hit. He was the one pending UFA. I thought the Flames should re-sign. Great passion and a love for the city. Wow, go Flames. That comes from Jeff. Um this says, Pat, the Flames deserve better, but overall a good effort. Despite the weaker play by Tanev and Hannafin and the sloppy defense zone play, it was thrilling to see Sittler, McDonald, and Keon on the ice at the start of the game. They were my heroes when I was younger. Um, so there you go. That's the text line at 960, 960. Actually, one more. I wanted to uh, read this one. Um, this says, uh, similar to Toffoli, Pat, he sees the writing on the wall with the team approaching Hannafin Tanev on extensions. Zadorov feels neglected and doesn't see a future there. He's looking for somewhere he can maximize earnings in the tail end of his career. On the off chance he got an eight-year deal, it wouldn't be in Calgary. Understand his side of it for sure. Send him to San Jose. Um, I don't think Zadorov's going to be getting an eight-year contract anywhere, Flames or elsewhere. But the other part, that could very well be a part of it, that he sees maybe them prioritizing or feels like maybe they're prioritizing Hannafin and Tanev and sees the writing on the wall. Um, that that could absolutely be part of it. I don't know that for sure. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. We'll see where this thing goes. That is for sure. Uh, okay. Let's uh, get back to the phone lines at 403-240-4444 as the Flames fall 5-4 in a shootout to the Toronto Maple Leafs this evening as we say hello to Anand. What's going on, Anand? Good evening, Patty. How are you? Good. Yeah, I'm doing good, too. Thank you for asking. Uh, yeah, uh, good game tonight. Uh, what a comeback. Uh, I'm impressed by Connor Zari, Martin Pospisil, and a few other players. Yeah, really surprised by uh, Nikita Zadarov requesting for a trade. I know uh, he was one of probably the confidence uh, players. I still remember, I think, one of the uh, news releases that he talked to the media. He was saying, uh, like, that we need to step up, and um, he wanted to remain in Calgary. 
and um, yeah, he wanted to step up his leadership. So it comes as a surprise. My one question for you would be: Who do you think uh, did well apart from the names I mentioned, Konazari and Mate Pospisil? Who do you think who did great tonight? And one player, maybe if you can name one player who still needs to notch up his game play moving onwards. Uh, I thought uh, I thought Weger had a good game. Um, I thought Lindholm had a pretty decent game. Um, so those are a couple guys that I thought were strong tonight. Um, I thought Dubé played well in limited ice time. I thought Dubé played well tonight. Uh, in terms of, I mean, I, I think that the the easy one would be uh, would still be Huberdo. I, I think that he still has some levels that he needs to take. So I, I would maybe I would maybe point there. Might be kind of a an easy way of looking at it. But I thought he was better tonight. Thought he had some stretches where he was strong, but you're probably still looking for more from uh from Jonathan Huberdo. I think that's probably fair. All right. And one other question for you. Uh I know uh do we have a timeline to see if uh, Jacob Pelche will return anytime soon? Any word about that? Well, he he, uh, he dislocated his shoulder. He had his surgery, yeah. um, so he's the slings off. But there's still yeah. a lot that goes into coming back from that. So I I, I think the the original feel was like at the earliest it was going to be uh, December. So that that still sounds like what would kind of be the earliest timeline for when we might be able to get into the pocket of him being close to returning. All right, sounds good. But yeah, uh, one other thing I wanted to mention off topic. Uh, remember that happy announcing game I told you. Uh, I got to announce the uh, Team North uh, Calgary Flames tonight uh, versus the St. Albert uh, Sabres, the under-15 uh, hockey tournament. And the Team Northwest Flames uh, won in overtime 4-3, so it was a fun game to announce. Good, good. That's awesome, man. All right, talk to you soon, Pat. Have a good night, and yeah, talk to you tomorrow. Okay, Anand, be well. The uh, streak rolls on for Anand. He's at, uh, what is that, uh, 13 straight plus the preseason. Uh, so that's 20 straight games that Anand's been on with us. Uh, Flames lose 5-4 in a shootout to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Travis up next. What's up, Trav? Hey, Pat. Um Crazy bunch of calls tonight, eh? <laughs> um, it's been a roller coaster. You're going to start Dustin Wolf and plan on pulling him before you I, That start. was, you know what, I, that was, I told uh, Azam to just cut that. That was clearly a troll call. I just, uh, it was a 778, yeah, 778 area code. That was clearly a troll call. So okay. uh, that, that, one, that one was on me. Man, I'm starting Dustin Wolf because I think this guy has legit star potential <laughs> not to pull him, that's for sure. Um, Dustin Wolf's one of the best goalie prospects not in the NHL. Not the best, correct? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so so that's exciting. But And again, know, we don't know if he's to... going to start. I know I would, but we'll see. Yeah, oh, I definitely start him. Of course you have to start him. This guy's on fire in the NHL. Like, his record's just stupid. His save percentage is crazy. You have to start him. That's I think so. Have. I mean, it just like it feels it. like a tailor-made opportunity to give a reward to Dustin. To you're on the second half of a back-to-back, and you know to give Jacob Markstrom just a little bit more time to rest too. It just it seems like a no-brainer to me. 
Yeah, he's earned it. Definitely, you have to give it to him. He, he's done everything. Well, because he's probably going to go back down after this after this road trip. So, like, I don't know. There's lots of reason to to give him this reward here. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. You know, watching the game tonight, definitely nice nice to come back and uh, tie it up and get a point. But you know, just watching the game, I think it's even more clear to me of why the Flames cannot be signing these people long-term. And honestly, I know in my last call I said I'd love to sign Sidorov, but now with him asking out, it's even just, it's even like, it's just falling right in our lap, I feel like. You know, playing against Toronto tonight, yeah, their D's not great, but when they're rolling out Matthews, Marner, Nylander, Tavares, we have nobody like that. Nobody. You know? I agree. Like, 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 can can this Flames team get hot, win a couple of rounds? I'm sure they can. Can they can can this team um, win a cup against elite teams? I doubt it. I doubt it with the, the construction of the team. They, we don't have we don't have elite shooters. We don't have elite skaters. We don't have elite toughness. Like you know what I'm saying? Like we don't have, we don't have any one person that's elite at anything. Can't I can't really dispute that, right? You know what I'm saying? Like I, I love this team, and I think they're going to win the cup every year. But if you just look at it realistically, it, it, the writing's on the wall. It, it really is. And in what? So you when know, you say the writing's on the wall, in in what sense, Trav? Well, I'm I'm just saying, like I, I think the picture could never be more clear to me of the direction this team okay needs to okay no i i just did i wasn't exactly sure what yeah. you're getting at so no i just i'm yeah i i i feel you and i i'm kind of of the i'm kind of of the same mind in a lot of ways like i if you want to wait a little bit longer and wait till american thanksgiving um sure i i, I there's probably you know there's probably nothing wrong with that um but yeah i i do think that especially if you've got certain situations where guys are are not super keen on on re-signing here or to re-sign here they're going to need to take um significantly more than maybe the the team is willing to pay then yeah i think that you can make a pretty good argument especially with what you just said there there's not any elite players on this team uh to to go in a in a slightly different direction and and pivot like a, a lot of us have been talking about so no i i, I think there's something to that for sure it doesn't have to be long and drawn out. There's still good players signed long-term, but I think you can really mix it up. You can get younger. You can get faster. I think that I, I think they've to... got the opportunity if they make like, – obviously, you got to make the right trades, and um, you gotta you got to put yourself in a good situation to if, if win that trade. It doesn't have to be the other team loses the trade, but for you to get a win in a trade, um, you know, you have to make the right trades. But I think with assets like Lindholm and Hannafin specifically, you've got the opportunity to cash in on a couple of pretty good assets, get yourself some some picks, and I, I, I do think that there's an opportunity for them to get some nice assets in return for those two guys, and that could really help to get things going in a in a quote-unquote rebuild so or or retool or whatever silly reword you want to use um so yeah I, I think that there's absolutely something to what you're saying and we'll see if that's the way the flames go like i've, I've just been watching the tweets kind of since this uh news and it seems like there's going to be a lot of people interested so i'm sure the 
that should drive the price up. I think you could get something decent for him, no? Like, could you get a first-round pick? I don't know. Is that is that stretching it? That, that that seems like a bit of a stretch, but again, if you're a there, there's def, there's there have definitely been players that have gotten first round picks that uh, have surprised me more than if they were to get that for Zadorov. Um, you know, off the top of my head, I say that that seems like a bit of a stretch, but I could be dead wrong on that. Yeah, you know, and but as soon as we leave, but Zdorov, I think I think a top yeah. sixty pick, and, and yeah, or maybe yeah. a second and third, something like that. Like, I, I don't think that's out of the question. I mean, first-round picks are pretty coveted. Um, but, and I'm not even saying that it's completely out of the question because you get a team that wants them bad enough, I mean, who knows? But but certainly, um, like when I say second and a third, that doesn't sound crazy at all. My question, uh, is that what you're after, picks for sure, or a younger forward that you think could maybe be a part of your long-term solution too? I'm sure. I mean that 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 could be that that's just as interesting to me too. I mean, depending on the age, but yeah, if you're talking about like a 21 year old, 20 year old forward, yeah. Yeah. No. Fair enough. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's going to be ex- really really interesting what happens with this team because the longer these guys go unsigned and with Zadorov wanting out, it it just seems like like this team could be drastically different this year from start to finish, yeah, like how we finish off. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm actually excited, though, for, for what Conroy can do and put his footprint on this team. It, it actually gives me a lot of excitement and optimism just because I feel like he's the right man for the job, and I, I think there's a lot of knowledge and experience there that that could come in handy for this team in just a different direction than having Brad for the last nine years before this, you know? So um, it's going to be interesting. Um, that's all I got to say, Pat. Okay, Trav. Be well, buddy. Yeah, you too. Let's uh, keep it going. Let's say hello to Han. What's going on, Han? Hey, how are you? I'm well. Uh, just uh, with uh, Big Z, um, I'm not sure uh, even the agent or uh, they communicate with the management there, with the flames. What's that? Before, uh, like uh, Big Z statement coming out, like his agent t- tweeted something, right? Well, so what happened was, or what what has happened is um, through first Kevin Weeks and uh, I think Pierre Lebrun has has confirmed this, and Chris Johnston as well. Basically, through through the media, through through the insiders, uh, the agent is Dan Milstein from Gold Star Sports. He uh, represents a lot of uh, Russian players. Um, he he has informed the uh, some of the insiders that yes. Uh, that, that Nikita and and his camp are looking for a trade. Uh, so it's like uh, uh, Conroy didn't know this was coming, or he was just so uh, blank. Actually, like uh, we don't know how good Big Z is. Like good contract, he won the extension. But once it's come out, I think his value. We're not gonna get as much as if he didn't say that? Um, I don't know. I, I, I think I don't think that this hurts the value all that much. Um, honestly, even though that the, the if if the if this does end up 
turning into a situation where they they do look to trade him, and and this is all uh, completely completely as it looks like it's completely on the surface and there's nothing more to the story and look with agents uh there's always a little bit of um there's always a little bit of the and the agents playing the game here a little bit um and so the agents and there's a play by the agent which is well within his rights that's what agents are paid for um oh, of course yeah, yeah but absolutely. but i don't think it if they do decide to trade him or if they do don't go down that road just because it's out there publicly, I, I don't think in this case with this player it hurts the team's leverage really at all. At least, that's just my opinion, Han, but that, I, I don't think it, it really meaningfully um, hurts or hinders Calgary's uh, chances of moving him for a good return. But that's just me. Uh, no, I agree, and uh, but the, these kids are coming up great, and I think uh, uh, you know last time we have a chat about uh, you know Wolf coming in. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's the best time. If uh, uh, the guys are, uh, yeah, that's like other than playing on the ice uh, with uh, Big Z. That's other than lies. But I think it's about time he can get in. Uh, I am totally behind it right now. Uh, he come and see he needed. He can see what, you know, NHL is. Uh, and I really hope best for him. Like, he come and perform really good. Same as Zary. Who, who's going to send? I, I don't think Zary is going back to HL. The way he's playing right now, you're probably no, like it's so. it's it's hard to unless he unless we see a significant drop in his play, which I, I guess isn't completely out of the question. But unless it's a significant drop off, I, I think you're I think you're right, Han. It sure does Maybe feel that way right now. Like anyway. another, he's, been, like 10, he's looked that comfortable. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's all. Uh, thank you so much. And another thing. Uh, last night I heard, like I, you know, Eilers, our neighbors, right? Yeah. Uh, I cannot stop that, right? So I I listened to their radio station the first time. Yeah. Very first time. But I think our radio station is the one of the best. Uh, I'm pretty sure in any hockey. Uh, I would say in system. Well, we try. We're doing our best. No, no, no. That 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 is the awesome job, actually. Like I, that's the first time I went to hear like other radio station. Okay, what they are saying. Yeah. And then after hearing that, I think uh, we are privileged to have you and all that. Well, I appreciate that, Han. That's awesome to hear, man. Uh, all right, man. Have a good night. Take care. You as well. We'll talk soon, hey? Okay, take care. Be well. Uh, take a couple more calls here. Following a Flames 5-4 win, or 5-4 loss, rather, in a shootout to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, James is up next. What's up, James? Hey, Pat. How you doing, brother? Good. How are you? Uh, not bad, man. Not as good as it look. I, hey, I uh, take Pat, your word for you know it. What? <laughs> not saying much. Hey, you know what, Pat? Uh, one of the things I really like seeing with, uh, with the Flames right now 
is uh, just how even even spread uh, ice time is between the forwards. Um, you know, seeing uh, seeing Mangiapane have, I think he had had what four or five hits tonight, and um, you know he's uh, even even if he's uh, you know missing on the breakaway there in, the, in overtime, Buck's going to slide off your stick every now and then. But uh, you know, regardless of how much the guy's getting paid, uh, you're going to get bounces. You're you're going you're to get bounces go your way and not go your way sometimes. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I just really like seeing uh, the young guys come up. Uh, Pospisil and uh, and Zari uh, both look uh, both look awesome, and uh, I mean they're both getting. Uh, and Huberto had just shy of twenty minutes tonight on ice, and uh, and Zari was uh, you know r- right around the same kind of time frame as well on the ice, and he's making the most. He's making the most of what uh, what he's got for time on the ice, and from what I see, he's uh, he's elevating the play of his line mates, <clears throat> and. Uh, yeah, Pospisil is definitely a difference maker out there as well. Um, you know, defensively, uh, it's definitely kind of a, a shocker to see Zadorov uh, have his agent come out and say that. But uh, anything, when, when everyone's kind of talking about, you know, oh, is, it, uh, is that going to diminish any trade value or anything? Um, maybe this is reading into things too much, but when you call, uh, when you call Wolf up, and you got uh, you have Ladar and Markstrom playing as well as they are right now. Um, and you look up north and you see uh, Edmonton in the situation that they're in. Uh, they're you know <laughs> defensive system aside for them, you've got uh, you, you, you've got a need for defense and you've got a need for goaltending. And uh, and you got Ladar, you know, putting on uh, putting on a show uh, in a lot of ways for Calgary right now. And Zadorov's agent coming out and saying, "Hey, we we uh, we want to trade." Kind of just maybe it's a coincidence, and again, maybe I'm reading into it too much. But uh, you know, if, if anything that doesn't to me diminish the trade value, it's almost like, "Hey, Edmonton, come out, come at us with uh, with an offer here." You know, they're uh, they're hurting right now, and they yeah. Got, uh, and I mean, look, I know there's a lot of people who are are wary of trading with the Oilers. I get it. Um, I, I think you're. I, I, I think if you can get the best trade, um, then you trade with anybody. That's, that's what I believe in this day and age. I really do. Um, I know others don't, and that's fine. But yeah, I. Uh, we'll see. We'll see where this goes. Uh, Toronto's name is out there with Zadorov as we're talking. Vancouver's name is out there. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see where this thing goes, man. So, hey, hey, you know what, Pat, if, if you don't mind, if, uh, if I could have another half a minute with you here, buddy. Sure. Um, you know, as far as the, I mean, there's the the tree living connection with Toronto, obviously. And, uh, I mean, that's that's a pretty good marriage for Conroy. And I got to say, man, Con- Connie's doing uh, <clears throat> a fabulous job holding to his word uh, with, you know, uh, injecting youth into the lineup and all that. And, uh, I mean, between him and having Aggie come in, um and uh, what 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 role is it that uh, that again was in? Basically, uh, not quite an assistant GM role. He's kind of right now. He's a special assistant to Conroy, um, and then perhaps down the road that expands because he's uh, he's not full time with the Flames yet. He's still coaching a team out in Kelowna right now. And is that is that not his uh, his son who's yes. up? Uh... Yep up for draft this year. Yep. You know, you know what? I just love like, uh, again, going back to the up North, when you look at the old boys club up there, 
Um, I think Calgary really does it uh, does it well. Uh, you look at all the you look at all the alumni out here. Uh, I love hearing you guys talk about like uh, like Perry Barazan Special Olympics yesterday, and having uh, having Patterson on. Um, like it's, it's it's great it's great the way things go out in Calgary, and I think they do it the right way. And uh, I think Conroy is going to be great for Calgary and make the right moves. I just uh, yeah I'm really I'm really curious to see how all this plays out because that to me with what Zadorov came out and said earlier in the year, I, I mean everyone out here in Calgary can appreciate somebody being blunt and saying something like that and just calling a spade a spade and saying, Hey, we're, uh, we're playing like poopoo. Uh, you know, we got to get, we got to get our, we got to get our poop in a group. And, um, I don't think it rubbed anybody in the dressing room the wrong way. Uh, it, and I mean, dude, this is from, this is from a thousand miles away. I, I, you'd know better than anyone what goes on in that room. That as much as I'd love to be a fly on the wall in there, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's anyone's guess. And I don't think there's any, uh, I don't think there's anything to read into with animosity between, you know, uh, between players and all, if anything, I feel like it's more positioning the trade value side of things. And, and once again, to me, maybe it's a coincidence, but with what, uh, with what Edmonton needs and with what, uh, with what Calgary's got and, Wolf, Wolf needing a shot and deserving a shot up here. Um, I think it only adds to. Uh, I think it only adds to the well, trade. Definitely, value uh, it would definitely. And I and, uh, appreciate the call tonight, James. You'd be well, yeah, man. Sorry, appreciate. Sorry, I don't mean to ramble. Past no, no, me. all good. I appreciate it, man. You have yourself a great night. You too, Pat. Thanks for the call, buddy. No problem. And and you know, there's. It's funny because yeah, Toronto makes sense if if they were wanting to trade to make a trade, especially on the blue line. Um, you know, you talk about the Vladar thing, and, and Edmonton makes sense when it comes to goaltending. Definitely, they they could use some help on defense. I know Rick Dollywall out in Vancouver, who's dialed on on a lot of these, especially when it comes to um, some of the. Uh, he's he's really connected with a lot of the agents. Rick Dollywall talking about how um, Zadorov to Vancouver would be a real fit. He's also dialed with the Canucks and um, how the. Canucks covet a guy like Zadorov. Yeah, there's. Uh, it's going to be an interesting uh, next few days here on the Nikita Zadorov front if we do end up seeing a trade. Final call tonight is Brad. What's up, Brad? Uh, not too bad, Pat. Yourself? I'm doing all right. Did you get your Tylenol? What's that? Did you get your Tylenol? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm. Uh, uh, headaches fine now. Okay, good. <laughs> um,. Just a couple things, but if Daryl Sutter had been Subodeau, he would have been drawn and quartered. Like I'm a Daryl Sutter fan, and kudos to the coach for sitting him down. But if Daryl had done that, he would have been out of here way earlier than he was, in my opinion. No, I don't think so. I I, I think that up until the end there, I think that Daryl had free reign. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, our breakout in our defense, uh, we got to play man on man in our end just to get the puck out. Like our forwards can't be standing up at the blue line; they got to be in there getting it out of there because our defense isn't doing it. Yeah, I mean, they, it's, it's it's that I thought for a couple games they played really well, um, but yeah, tonight was not a clinic on defense 
<laughs> no, no, okay. Another um, thing, congratulations to Mike getting in the Hall of Fame. Um, good for him. He won us a Stanley Cup there, especially against Vancouver there. Yep. But, and I played with him and against him when he played for South Calgary Community way back. Oh, nice. Way, way back, yeah. <laughs> so good for him. And when he played for the Colts, so good to, good for Mike. So that's all I got to say, Pat. Okay, Brad, you be well, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, hopefully we do it again tomorrow night. Okay, have a good night. You too. Thank Bye-bye. you, man. That'll do it on the phone lines. That'll do it on the text line. And that will uh, start to uh, move us towards the end of our Flames Talk postgame show on this Friday night as uh, the Flames fall 5-4 in a shootout to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, this Nikita Zadorov story we're going to continue to watch. I'm not going to lie. It's a bit of a surprise. Um Ice time seems like the main driver. Doesn't have a contract yet either. Um, And here we are. Apparently Nikita Zadorov has requested a trade, at least through his agent. He has requested a trade. The agent says that they're requesting a trade. We'll see where this thing goes in the next 24, 48 hours plus, perhaps more. Things don't always materialize right away, so it could take a little time. Anywho, uh, final summary time as Toronto opened the scoring at 3:01 of the first period. A William Nylander power play goal made a one nothing Maple Leafs. Nylander unassisted at 3:01 for his eighth of the year. However, Flames tie it at 7:02 on Connor Zary's second of the season. How about the start Zary's off to? He has. Gotten a point in four consecutive games. Now is his second NHL goal. Zeri from Kadri at 7.02 to tie the game at one. But a minute 16 after that, Cali Yarncroke restores the lead for Toronto. His fourth from Max Domi and Nick Robertson at 8.18. And the Leafs led 2-1 after 20. In the second, Toronto really starts to pile it on. Looked like they were going to run away and hide. Nylander again, 66 seconds into the period, makes it 3-1. A shorthanded goal unassisted for his ninth of the year. Nylander at 106 makes it 3-1. Then at 445, John Tavares makes it 4-1 Toronto. Tavares gets his sixth from Nylander and Morgan Riley at 445, and the Maple Leafs up 4-1. But the Flames start to claw back. Uh, 48 seconds later, how about the man of the hour? Nikita Zadorov scores a goal. Um... Scores a big goal for the Flames, and uh, that apparently requests a trade. But Zadorov, 48 seconds later, makes it 4-2. His first of the year from Andrew Mangiapane and Jonathan Huberdeau at 5:33. Then later on in the period, A.J. Greer redirects a goal to redirects a puck rather for his second goal of the year to make it 4-3. Greer from Mackenzie Weger and Rasmus Anderson at 12:21. Flames back within one was 4-3 after 40 minutes of play. Early in the third period, Flames finally draw even as Martin Pospisil scores once again. His second of the year makes it 4-4. Pospisil from Michael Backlund and Blake Coleman at 3:22 for a 4-4 tie. It was 4-4 after 60 minutes. Off to overtime we go. Nothing settled there. 4-4 after 65 minutes. Final shots, 36-28 in favor of Toronto. Calgary 0 for 2 on the power play tonight. Toronto 1 for 1 with the man advantage. Off to a shootout we go. Maple Leafs shot first. William Nylander doesn't score for Toronto. Jonathan Huberdeau, an X for Calgary. Uh, then Austin Matthews doesn't score for Toronto, but Yegor Sharangovich does for Calgary, which means Mitch Marner has to score for the Maple Leafs to extend. He 
does. Connor Zeri cannot score, so off to extras we go. Both Nick Robertson and Nazem Kadri do not score. Max Domi scores for the Maple Leafs, and Dylan Dubé with a chance to extend cannot, and uh, that ends up being our final score as uh, Domi with the shootout winner. Shootout 1-2-1 by Toronto. Game 1-5-4 by the Maple Leafs with the loss, shootout loss. Flames fall to 4-7-2. and two. Uh, They're back in action tomorrow on the road in Ottawa, while Toronto improves to 7-5-2. and two. They're back in action tomorrow at home to Vancouver. That is your final summary. And now for everyone involved in Flames Hockey tonight, for our broadcast crew of Derek Wills and Megan Mickelson, and for our outstanding producer, Azam Ali Nanji, my name is Pat Steinberg. As we start to wrap things up on your Flames Talk postgame show, which is available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. As I mentioned, next up for the Flames is Saturday night, 5 o'clock face-off in Ottawa. We'll be on the air at 4 o'clock with your Calgary Flames warm-up. Have yourself a wonderful rest of your Friday. Have a great weekend. Final score from Toronto. Flames fall 5-4 in a shootout to the Maple Leafs. This has been your Flames Talk post-game show, available wherever you get your podcasts, and this has been Calgary Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.